Hello and welcome to the 78th roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu. I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, especially automation and scripts and the likes, paid media and my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that's already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right, it's Microsoft Excel. So if you want a free consultancy about what I can do for you in regards to paid media, implementing scripts, or even just cutting spend on your data analysis tool, just send me a message at hello at mindswan.com or get to me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram with the handle mindswanppc. So in this episode, we have Julie Buccini lead us on the topic of PPC conversion challenges. And this is a definitely a great and overdue topic indeed, because I find it very unbelievable how some clients totally underestimate the value of conversion um, conversion and tracking and you know tagging your site post uh, properly and um, and just so you know you know who's who's coming to your site what they've done and how to you know remarket to them properly or not remarket to them if they've actually um, done the right action so yeah it's literally like throwing money at a campaign and having no idea what is sticking if like, yeah, you're not doing conversion tracking properly. So yeah, I thought um, we'd really evolved out of that, but apparently not. So yeah, let's see what other frustrations our experts have about it. Um, And yeah, diving in straight into um, question one, Julie asks, seems like a no brainer, but do most of the most of all of your clients track conversions. Um, now I come in with an answer of that, not currently with the current client that I'm using, but, um, I'm working on even, but, um, previously, yes, a lot, thankfully, a lot of previous clients have had conversion tracking implemented on their websites. Now, um, yeah, responses from other people, um, which will be like a quick one because it's obviously like a yes or no. Um, Amalia Fowler replies all but one and I keep trying to get them, tr- get that train moving. Um, and then we've got Scott Wright replying um, saying all core conversions. Yes, I only work with e-commerce clients. So enhanced e-commerce is a tick. Softer conversions like email capture, content downloads, not always. Um, Julie Bicini goes, have, I have some who do not because of the way their sites are set up, but most do. Jill Hong replies, yes, or at least have an explicit proxy goal to measure against. Amanda K, yes, conversion tracking is essential to proving that I'm adding value. Exactly. Dogar Thomas replies, it's a no brainer, but for folks not in the space, they don't really care about ticks in an analytics platform. They care about the business KPIs, which probably aren't tracked in a big platform. Colin Slattery, I wouldn't work with clients that don't track conversions. If we're not measuring what success looks like, looks like that's bad news for me. Um, John Kagan replies, I actually have one who doesn't. If they make sales on their site, they make zero profit, so they don't care to know. They want to know how much reseller traffic they are driving. And Julia Weiss replies to the question saying, yes-ish. Some of my clients are so focused on broadcasts that all they really want is impressions. It's still new for a lot of organizations to track actions people might take. And then Dwayne Brown answers question one saying, of course, however, we don't do smart goals, which we have seen other agencies do to lower CPA, make themselves look better. We do really show 
me the money conversions. We do real show me the money conversions even. Um, so Julie Bicini replies to question, um, gives question two even saying, what are the most common con conversion actions in accounts and campaigns you're currently managing? So again, what are the most common conversion actions in accounts and campaigns you're currently managing? Um, Julie Vice replies, store visits. It's bread and butter for me. Second, most used app downloads, Amalia Flower, Fowler replies, lead form, phone calls, call from ads, purchase, less common for us as we have less e-com clients. Julie um, Bettini replies, calls from ad extensions or landing page, form fills, purchases. Um, and there, yeah, Colin Slattery goes 100% my breakdown as well as in reply to Amalia Fowler where she said, lead form, phone calls, call from ads, purchase less common for us as we have less e-com clients. Um, Stephanie only replies e-commerce and, and lead forms. Scott Wright added, added to cart, initiated checkout, completed purchase. Glenn Schmelzel, lead gen form fills, email signups, accessing videos, PDFs, and more recently, chat box interactions. Um, so yeah, I hope that gives, gives you an idea if you're not sure exactly what kind of like micro conversions is what I call them. If you don't have like a big like ROI or sales conversion to track, though some of those micro conversions could be very good to know what's actually working as well. And yeah, I pretty much give like a similar answer to that from previous clients has been tracking about tracking revenue, ROI or um, lead generation by doing form fills. Um, Julie Bejean then goes on to give question three saying, do you have a preferred method for setting up conversion tracking particular tool? Yes, my preferred method, I remember this answer clearly, is um, using Google Tag Manager. You know, it's simple, it's in one place and actually deploying um, the tracking onto your website becomes very easy once you just implement the Google Tag um, tracking onto the website and then any tracking for any um new channel can be done within the Google Tag uh, Manager platform. And, you know, you don't need to have to chase down a web administrator or web developer to keep implementing every new um, channel's pixel or tracking tag onto the website. Um, so, yeah, so going on to question three, um, answering question three, Julia Vice replies, Google Analytics and the Facebook pixel, depending on the client. Um, Gil Hong there replies to question two, saying transactions and lead capture. And Dwayne Brown, since 80% of our business is e-com, we do track sales and revenue across all ad platforms. For our tech and SaaS clients, we look at account sign up from a free trial down to cut down to become a customer, help to get that lifetime value if we can. Um, and then Amanda K goes, my most common conversions are lead form purchase, revenue, phone calls, and site registration. Conversion types depends on clients, individual goals or needs. My portfolio has been historically e-com, but it's becoming mostly lead gen. So that's the answer question two. Um, Amalia Fowler replies to question three, saying my tag manager, savvy team member, um, do they count? Typically, it's a GTM and analytics combo deal. So yes, I, I suggested that. So GTM stands for Google Tag manager um vernon riley replies to question three saying um google analytics works for most as it offers more detail than simple pixel although it doesn't track the non-direct referral conversion which might be suspect in gdpr terms anyway colin slattery replies to question three saying i generally have conversion tracking set up with analytics and then import it into ads usually with conversion tracked with custom triggers in tag manager mapped to events 
Julie Bettini replies to question three saying Google Analytics and Facebook Pixel, sometimes via call tracking integration too. Scott Wright replies to question three saying I deal mostly with Shopify clients in which I'm happy to set, but GA and Facebook goals up myself as it's super simple. I always disliked going through developers for tracking unless it was a custom built platform. Um, and then Stephanie Ernie replies to question three saying Google Analytics and Google Tag Manager are my go-to tools. Yeah, so Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager. Yeah, those are two areas that you definitely should be using if you're doing conversion tracking. Um, Gil Hong reply, gives a very um, useful answer, starting his answer to question three saying whichever it is, try to keep it consistent. So yeah. Whatever you're doing, whether it's across Facebook or Twitter or whatever, whatever type you're going to use, it's if you're going to go use Google Tag Manager, make sure all the channels are within there. Don't use Google Tag Manager for one and then decide to use another system for, <laughs> for another channel. Um, for most, I default to Google Analytics with the same attribution. I'd still use secondary engine Pixel to supplement with, in, with info on impression-based or engagement metrics if applicable. Amanda K replies to question three saying, send client pixels and instructions, hope for the best. Giving them tips for specific to their site platform sometimes helps. So yeah, actually, I'm going to read now this thread where Amanda Kay um, has some responses to her answer to question three. And she had said, send client pixels and instructions, hope for the best, giving them tips for specific to their site um, platform sometimes helps. And yeah, Colin Slattery replies, rarely let clients do pixel setup unless they have a team that knows what they're doing. Give me access to your analytics and GTM or let us um, set up GTM for you and we'll take care of it. And Amalia also like comes in saying, I always prefer to have a GTM installed because when I know, because then I know I can do what I need to do without interference within the container. So that's what I mean. So once you implement that tag once, the GTM tracking on the client's website, then you can create all your different tagging and pixels within the container without interfering on the website and without web administrators interfering with the setup as well. Um, Amit Cabra replies, Google Tag Manager has become my life and the only way I'd like to track conversions. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Vernon Riley replying to question three saying, the big problem with most of the tools is the lack of an audit trail. You're never quite sure why things got changed. Sometimes you know who, but if emails and credentials are shared, this doesn't work either. Um, Julie Bettini Rodin gives us question four saying, what is the biggest roadblock to effective conversion tracking for you? And I'll give my answer straight away. It's the clients, especially clients just not realizing the importance of implementing tracking well. You get some clients who will just go, oh, let's just get something live. We'll put something live together and then we'll sort out the tracking. No, that's the wrong way around. Let's sort out the tracking, then quickly get something live because then you'll know exactly what's working from the get-go. And then we've got Amalia Fowler replying to question four, saying in no particular order, client lack of desire or care, iframes, also iframes, third-party sites where the conversion happens, a la Jane app or open table, where they won't let us track bookings. Um, Gil Hong replies to question four, saying I'm starting to hear more buzz around the drop in tracking due to Apple ITP. Brian Garvin um, posted some interesting data about Facebook pixel versus conversion 
import and I'll be sending you guys that link. Um, and then Scott Wright replies to question four saying custom platforms and unresponsive developers. I tend not to start any advertising until tracking is 100%, which I found helps speed up any external roadblocks. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Vernon Riley replying to question four saying single page applications, unless you can get developers to buy into custom events, iframes into other domains, cross domain tracking where you can't get a decent conversion with the people controlling the other domain. Um, and yeah, again, as I said, the client is usually, for me, the roadblock I see. Colin Slattery replies to question four, saying secondary websites where we can't track conversions directly for sure. Julie Bettini replies, crappy website setup, third-party site, actually does the conversion action client apathy. So yeah, that's literally just the client not caring. Then Dogar Thomas replies to um, question four, saying two big ones, analytics-based conversion data um, is any imperfect proxy and folks are uncomfortable with that Two phone call quality reporting robert brady replies to question four saying third party registration platforms or lead capture tools that can be stuffed like go to webinar or any other off-site lead capture tool they may be easy to set up but tracking is usually a nightmare Dwayne Brown replies to question four saying if clients want to do it themselves having them make the time to do it sometimes it takes a few follow-ups but it gets done other times it's people using some CMS I have never used and taking the time to understand it and put together a plan um, Julia Vice replies to question four saying clients with Pentagon level security who refuse to apply standard pixels it's a public lead form Jerry and Jerry's boss, Alan, and the global tech lead, Emerald, not the goddamn nuclear codes. <laughs> and then we've got John Kagan replying to question four saying inconsistent, inconsistently with the CRM on the track, on the true back and conversions. Again, I'll say that inconsistency with the CRM on the true back and conversions. L Chase replies to question four saying the biggest roadblock is developers who really are not sure what they are doing. Wish that was not the case. The tag is implemented. Should be tracking me. Um, Nope, it is not. Mark Gustafson replies to question four saying multi-touch, cross-device, post-lead or initial purchase, and anyone volunteer to be my data scientist for free. Um, Julie then goes on to give us question five, saying um, when a client wants to improve their conversion rates, where do you typically typically start or look first for opportunity? For me, straight away is the landing page, because usually if anything has gone wrong, it's usually like, I don't know, if the landing page, got there's a 4-4 error, or they're testing something and they're not telling us about it. So yeah, because our main priority is to send traffic. Um, I know because we're tracking now, it's, you know, we, we, we can see what the conversion rates are, but that's really for the landing page to do. I always build a campaign or um, keywords ad copy based on what's on the landing page. So if conversation, uh, conversion rate has dropped, they have changed something on the landing page that no longer matches the campaign that I've put together. Um, and then but we've still got a few answers for question four saying st with Stephanie Ernie going almost always technical issues with the website, sometimes conversions done by third party that offers nothing to possibly track anything. Then we have Colin Slattery replying to question five saying two things, improving landing pages, though we do landing page work for most clients. So it isn't an issue and asking for less info. Lots of clients early on insist they need 25 different fields 
upfront no matter what. Wow, that's big. Um, Camille Karras replies to question five saying ease of finding the conversion path on the website, calls to actions on their website, simplifying the conversion. Yes, that means reducing their 52 questions intake form to eight questions or less. Dwayne Brown replies to question five saying paid ads and what is not working. There's also fat in an account to cut from ads to target and account campaign settings. Next, where's the traffic going? That landing page experience is important. Even the small things have ads match. The landing page message is not always done. I'm sorry, even the small thing of having ads match the landing page message is not always done done so um yeah i feel that's more of like an auditing of what somebody else has done is what Dwayne is saying but if i've set up the campaign properly i know that um yeah i I build a campaign based on the landing pages and all of a sudden conversion rate is dropping i need to look at the landing page first not last Dwayne. um and then dogger thomas replies to question five saying your landing page ux from top to bottom start with the code side because they'll fix your stuff for every variant moving on then work on content structure then work on ad copy then work on your other parts of your campaigns like ads or bids yes i do like that order doug and then you've got Vernon Riley replying to question five, saying that at the goal funnel for the conversion is the drop off reasonable. Uh, and now coming up a lot more like answers to question five. Colin Slattery replies, another thing I explain to clients is it's not just the conversion rate from click to lead, but their conversion rate of lead to customer. They need to be part of the team to increase their ROI. Don't want six days to call that lead back. Stephanie Ernie replies to question five as well, saying the competitive competitive landscape usually, how does the offer or brand hold up against the competition? I first check if they need to hang to yeah, to hang something in their business or that we can make changes in the landing page and add platforms. Then we've got Julie Buccini herself replying to question five saying, I look for friction points in the conversion process first and try to get them eliminated. Landing page speed, poor targeting or lately poor matching to targeting. Mark Gustafson replies going, why do you want to improve conversion rate? Number one, two, A, is it because of my results? Check targeting or message alignment. B, is it just to be better? Site speed, short value prop above fold clear cta so that's call to action julia vice replies their search terms quite often there's weird unrelated garbage in there that needs to be pared down if those look good onto the landing pages gil hong replies question five saying oftentimes the website or conversion funnel has areas for improving which should which would improve conversion rate across other channels of traffic as well definitely so yeah if one channel is losing conversion rate it's most likely that other channels are losing conversion rate especially if the landing page is the issue amali fowler replies to question five saying if i have a funnel setup where people are dropping off that funnel i also look at where the gap is if my impressions and clicks have remained constant the issue is on the site if i can improve ctr on ads then that is a first step heat maps on landing page as well l chase replies to question five saying i usually start at the landing page but if the landing pages and process are not obvious issues it can be time to work with the production team our options pricing benefits etc if nothing is obvious again it is time to do some service and usability testing 
And then we've got Amid Cabra replying to question five, saying, I generally look at two places, the ads account, reevaluate everything to see if there's something that isn't working that I just didn't see before. The landing page, where are people landing and is it working for the user? Timothy Jensen replies to question five, saying, should look at all elements of campaigns, but agree the landing page is often the biggest crux of the issue here. Julie Bettini replies to question five, saying, helping clients find their blind spots too. Sometimes you can be the only person asking things like, is the price too high? Is your offer a lot less attractive than digital competitors? Um, Ad Abdul Samad replies to question five saying UI or UX, the idea is to have the user take minimum steps to register a conversion. And we've got Scott Wright replying to question five saying PPC, overall, I'd need to evaluate the data and dig into why. As uh, Mark Gustafson said, they are seeking to improve um, conversion rate. In general, PPC landing pages, product pages and the checkout is where I head to first. Amanda K replies to question five saying, want to improve conversion rate for lead gen, less required fields in the form. And she puts like um, a clapping hand between each and every word there. So you can imagine how she's saying that. But if the extra fields improve your lead quality, then keep them. You do you, boo. And yes, yeah, so there's a few more answers to question five as well. Um, Josh Durham replies saying, I first look at landing page, set up the right audience targeting. This is a huge lever I've found for increasing conversion rates, then load time for some quick wins. And then in reply to um, Colin Slattery's answer, where he said two things, improving landing pages, um, though we do landing pages work for most clients, so it isn't an issue and ask for less info. Lots of clients early on insist that they need 25 different fields up front no matter what i like the fact that they do um the landing page work for the client so then they can sort out all the trafficking uh, all the tracking even julie bacchini replies it's not the lead form's job to qualify leads it's yours I had a client who had a zillion fields it was because the sales people were lazy and didn't want to follow up on leads they would actually have to sell to oh how annoying um and then yeah we've got um steve gibson replied to question five saying i'd map out their funnel to see where they're losing visitors, assuming nothing stands out, I'd happily look at the quality of their sales copy. That's usually the easiest quick win. Then we've got Julie Bicini giving us question six, saying, how often do you find that their website or landing pages are a problem? What are the most common issues you've encountered? So, yeah, I would say a lot of the time is the client's landing page that's the problem and one of the most um the biggest issues we find is that there's a 4-4 error or the landing page that um, they gave us that um, the, they, they gave us to use. The URL has changed. And so, um, yeah, the URL setup has changed. And so and they didn't tell us about this update. So communication has also been a big problem. They'll make a change and won't let us know about this change or they're testing something or they've, and they're not telling us about this test. And therefore, the landing page that we're using is not working any longer. Um, so yeah, communication is key when working with clients. Julia Vice replies to question six in a lot, like a lot. It usually comes down to budget. Not everyone can invest in both a website and strong media and strong creative. So it's about doing a few things very well. Gil Hong replies to question six saying, if there's an issue on the website or landing page that they're unwilling or unable to fix, I'd make sure that tracking loss is built into goals and expectations for conversion, volume and efficiency. Um, and then we've got um, 
uh, yeah, me answering question six, yeah, and saying that the issue is usually there's an error on the landing page and we've not been told. Vernon Riley replies to question six saying the website causes problems fairly often. Most co common problem is people don't test measurement and tracking. They just te test your, um, user experience and usability. Julie Bicini replies to question six, saying site speed is a big one, especially for mobile traffic and for Facebook ads. Facebook ads their own little delay in going to outside sites, yay. Um, unclear messaging or positioning of their product or services, not presenting from client perspective. I could go on. Amali Fowler replies to question six, six, saying, I think the website causes the most problems when it is um, designed to look pretty and the way the people at the brand want it with absolutely no thought towards the target market. And then we have L Chase replying to question six, going, it is a form. If it is a form, then usually too many questions. Same for surveys. Site speed is a big issue. Shipping Cost for retailers can sometimes stop the sale. In the world of cheap or free shipping, it is tough to charge a lot to ship. Then we've got Mark Gustafson replying to question six, again, um, saying the added to landing page isn't a continuous experience. You can't dump someone on a product page with without giving them a taste of the product. You can't dump someone on a landing page when you sold them the product in the ad already. Seamless experiences. Um, and then we've got um, Stephanie Ernie replying to question six, going sometimes, but it is often a combination of poor landing pages, bad sales, non-competitive pricing and or product with no distinctive value. Timothy Jensen replies, lack of usability across devices, broken forms that aren't actually submitting. Dev team made some random update that affected tracking and forgot to loop us in. So yes, that dev team one making some random update has definitely affected me before. And then we've got Julie Bicini giving us question seven saying, how do you address conversion rate optimization, CRO roadblocks? Um, and our first answer to that is from Amalia Fowler replying saying head on and directly. I'll always push back at least once on things. It's a script I've perfected. Doing X in my experience, my experience will likely lead to Y. I'd recommend Z. If you still want to do X, we can't do it. But I caution against it. So, yes, I always say give your recommendation. Don't necessarily refuse what the client wants to do. But give your clear recommendation that um, you're against what they're actually asking you for them to do. Timothy Jensen replies to question seven saying, if dev bandwidth is an issue, suggest a landing page flat platform like Unbounce, which is um, a handle. So handle is at Unbounce or even a free tool like Google Optimize for testing basic tweaks. Then we've got um, Julia Weiss replying saying communication. I work with very formal public organizations that can't always do everything we'd like them to. That's okay. We adjust expectations and keep working. Sometimes there's a way around. It's all about clarity. Jill Hong replies to question seven saying definitely an educational upsell moment. A lot of people have already mentioned taking a business consultant approach to their management, which I feel is very effective in conveying the importance and benefit of CRO for their whole business. We then got um, Julie Bicini, they're given um, reply to question seven saying, try to find a solution that works for wherever the client is that can help get them to where they want to be. For example, if they can't do much with a bad site, use an alternative for the landing pages at least, like Unbounce. 
And then we've got um, Marcus Dussum replying to question seven saying, this is simple and it goes for all roadblocks. Great. So this is what we need to improve performance. And if we don't do it, that's fine. It is your business and we can't guarantee the best possible results until this ex this happens. You must set expectations. I totally agree and love that answer. Stephanie Ernie replies to question seven saying, that really depends on the type of client and the roadblock. Key is to always be open and honest in what you think and advice. We always say to our colleagues, treat us like it is your own business. What would you do in this case? El Chase replies to question seven saying, I always tell them that I work for them at the end of the day. However, if I do not tell you we should be testing, then I am not doing you any favors. If we can test, the data will speak for itself and it would and it wouldn't be opinions. And then our last question from Julie Bicini today is, if you could have a wish granted for conversion tracking functionality, what would it be? And in reply to that, we've got Amalia going that iframes died and OpenTable, that's the handle, OpenTable and Jane app, let me install conversion tracking. Timothy Jensen replies, A-B testing that properly weights um, weights conversion based on various stages, i.e. weighting a paper download versus a direct sales inquiry or somehow factors in lead quality you send back. Um, and then we've got Dwayne Brown replying to question six, actually saying it's usually the little things on e-com sites, on tech and SaaS brands. The copy can be the worst. We also do a UX and design audit when we onboard new e-com brands to get those small bits sorted. Um, Julia Vice replies to question eight saying for legal teams to let me pixel sites that's all i want so little this xmas this christmas please just a conversion pixel that's all i um, mean reply to eight i give having all tracking in place before any activity starts so yes not having the conversation of oh yeah let's just get the activity live before we set any tracking um on so i'm always like yeah no tracking first i'd like it the conversation should always be tracking first before activity um, and also know the person who created the tracking so they can support it if anything goes wrong. I think that's really important as well. Johong there replies to question eight saying that we could have a seamless automatic conversion import from CRMs to all paid platforms. Dwayne Brown replies to question seven saying look for easy win and start there. Show the data to back what we want to do. It's a marathon, but the smart clients give us the rope if they hire us to do this other service. Julie Bettini replies to question 18, as long as it's a wish, I'll make it a big one. Cross-platform data sharing. Also agree on third-party sites, making it possible track to track activity on their site. And then we've got Dwayne Brown replying to question 18, everyone cared about tracking as much as they did money, even when time looks good. Don't put your head in the sand. Totally agree on that one. Um, so him and Amali replies um, saying, I truly and genuinely want all my clients to succeed. My time and energy is spent ensuring this and everything I say or suggest is in line with that overall goal of creating success for them. So when I disagree or suggest a different path, that's the reason. So yes, it's all about clients understanding this particular, that particular point. Um, so yeah, that comes to the end of the chat today. Julie goes, thank you all for joining. Um, she has to run and she'll be hosting um, next week. And the topic is yet to come. But what's actually also really exciting is that she also says that you can find the chat recaps 
um, on, a, on our link to Richard's official ppcchat.com. And there's also a PPC Chat swag store there. And what does that mean? That means there's T-shirts, sweatshirts, um, caps, um, laptop stickers, all sorts of things. Um, yeah, let me actually get to the link of that. So do get onto the side. There's some really cool uh, merchandise in the different colors in white in blues um and there we've got sweatshirts we've got um yeah canvas tote bags we've got um lunch bags um we've even got a dog t-shirt that is so cool can we make one for cats as well i've got a cat Anyway, we've gone over our time. I usually say this chat is usually going to be 30 <laughs> minutes or less, and we've gone over 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, I hope you found that chat very useful and all this information um, very useful about, useful about conversion tracking and the importance of using them and really putting your foot down that your clients implement it, get it right, and communicate with you very well if any changes are going to be get made because conversion rates will get affected. So... Hope you found this talk useful and took some great takeaways. And if you want to chat about this topic or any paid media or data analysis solution, do get in touch with me by sending me an email at hello at mindswan.com. And remember, for your campaigns or businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye.